Fewer than half of companies asked about facilities for people with disabilities bother to reply, and of those who do, only a quarter are welcoming and personal in their tone. That's what researchers at an online design company called Sigma have found. They wanted to discover if companies measure up to the claims that they make about themselves in their brand marketing and online. So they sent emails to 132 businesses, including theatres and airports and cinemas. One emailer asking about a wheelchair user and another a person with autism. Sigma's managing director is Hilary Ann Stevenson. We were really disappointed to see the response to relatively simple emails for requests for information. We were shocked that fewer than half people actually responded at all. And those that did, there was quite a large degree of just cut and paste feel about it, that they were just pointing us to information that they felt already exists. There was absolutely no personal tone or warmth in some of the messages. And that was a real business opportunity for a brand to appear welcoming and inclusive. And we just didn't get that impression at all from the majority of the responses we received. Received. Molly Watt contributed to that report and she told us about her experience going for a meal with her granddad at a restaurant in Liverpool. We strolled around, I've got my guide dog and the guy at the door opens the door, lets him in and then he sees me and he said, no, no, you're not allowed this dog in. And I said, no, you're not allowed to say no to a guide dog as a working dog. And he said, no, I know that, um, but the boss doesn't like dogs, so I can't let you in. He did also try to convince us by saying that other customers in the restaurant would not like the dog around food, um, which is ridiculous, really, um, because the whole restaurant was empty. And guide dogs are meant to be groomed, you know, three, four times a week, so they are effectively one of the cleaner animals um, and not to mention they were just being tucked under a table and you wouldn't even know they're there. Um, it happens so often. It kind of gets to the point where if I know I'm going out for dinner, I'll leave, I'll leave my guide dog at home, um, which I really shouldn't do that because then I'm relying, I'm dependent on someone else looking after me, which I don't really want to do that. I want to be independent. I want to be able to feel confident enough to walk in anywhere and everywhere and not be refused, not feel like I am dirt in compared to the rest of society. That's Molly Watts. So what's going on there? Well, Claire McCartney is from the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. It speaks for human resources departments of businesses. The law, um, Claire, says that companies have to make reasonable steps to ensure that their businesses are accessible to people with disabilities. What does that mean in practice? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. So the equality law recognises that bringing about equality for people with disabilities may mean changing the way in which services are delivered, providing extra equipment and or the removal of physical barriers. So um, the duty, if an organisation finds there are barriers to people with impairments in the way that it does things, then it must consider making adjustments. And I think what's a reasonable thing to ask for depends on a range of different factors, like how practicable the changes are, if the change you ask for would overcome the disadvantage you and other dis disabled people experience, the size of the organisation, how much money and resources are available, um, things like the cost of making the changes and if any changes have already been made. But I think what's really important about the duty is that it's anticipatory. So that means that an organisation 
shouldn't be waiting until a person with a disability wants to use its services, but should be thinking in advance and also on an ongoing basis about what disabled people with a range of impairments might reasonably need. The report found that the responses were much quicker and more positive when they were asking about a wheelchair user than they were for someone with autism. Yes, exactly. And I think... I think the majority of organisations want to do the right thing, but sometimes they lack the knowledge and confidence to do so. And there's also a fear of getting it wrong, which needs to be overcome. So I think there's there's less confidence in terms of autism, what we call neurodiversity, um, which is the diversity of human brains and minds and the idea that it's a natural, valuable form of diversity. Um, and so a lack of support for autistic visitors at too many venues. Um, and we at the CIPD have recently produced a joint guide with up optimise on this to support employers to create an inclusive environment for neurodivergent people who represent around 10% of the population. Um, So there are a range of things that organisations can be doing, such as providing advanced information, uh, providing accessibility guides, potentially with visual stories, options for quiet spaces, um, things like providing low sensory alternatives if possible. But I think the most important thing to do is to be treating people as individuals, not making assumptions about needs, but talking to people about what their needs are and thinking about the whole story. Thank you. Claire McCartney from the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development.